Hello there and welcome to the Pulsar Podcast, a show where we talk loudly about films. I am joined by my good friends, Angus, Stinky Boy Warrender and Joe. That's going to make no sense to anyone who wasn't listening <laughs> to the five minutes of previous shit we were talking before recording. We were just doing a little bit of a Stinky Boy mic check. Well, we can, we can, recount, we can recount that for people if you know the ones. The story so far with the Pulsar Podcast. What have we, what have we watched this week, boys? We watched Demolition Man. A film that I think is as close as we'll get to Parasite coming out of America. A film that was way more divisive than the stupid um, Stella and Flick from the 90s had any right to be, <laughs> I think. I really didn't like this film, and we're going to get into why. Because even by stupid Sly Stallone films, this was the stupidest. How dare you? I, I had an unironically good time watching it, mainly because it was dumb and it was shit, but you know. I think this film is kind of the cinematic equivalent of your hyperactive three-year-old scribbling in crayon on the walls, where occasionally you might go, you know what, that drawing is quite good for a, like, a hyperactive three-year-old. <laughs> and he's certainly approaching it all with enthusiasm, but at the end of the day, my wall is ruined. <laughs> well, that hyperactive three-year-old is Marco Brambilla, and this is his uh, biggest film. It, other films include... Dinotopia. Ah, oh, yeah. Which just sounds like the best. Again, time. it's it's up there with Parasite in terms of like cinema and kind of quality, you know. But you don't come here for the director. You come here for Sylvester Stallone versus Wesley Snipes. And I'll say now, notorious bath shitter Sylvester Stallone, who, um, for those who don't know. There have been numerous hotels that have banned Sylvester Stallone for life because he has this atrocious standard of hygiene, allegedly. Um, inclu- we've, we've got to say allegedly. We've got to. Um, including taking dumps in hotel baths, which was very fun to find out about three days before we watched this film. Yeah, Angus brought this up at the start of the film and now I've done a kind of sort of bath shitter reading of the film <laughs> where like our entire experience was tainted by the knowledge that Sly Stallone does frequently shit in baths. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, Allegedly shitting in baths. Sly, if you're listening. <laughs> One thing that is not alleged what? though is the three seashells that feature in this film. Oh, Lord. Do you want to get into this? Okay, so at one point in the film, well, it's set in the future, mm-hmm. which, you know, different things happen in the future, as we're going to discuss in this show. Um, one of which is that there's no toilet paper. Mm-hmm. There's just three seashells. And it is never explained what you do with those three seashells. I don't think... Well, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone in the film does not use them, mainly because he was going to the bath. But... <laughs> <laughs> There is... I don't think you can. Like, one of our hypotheticals for this week was going to be how would you use the three seashells, but I could not come up with anything that wasn't disgusting and horrifying to think about. I got to the first one, which was fill it with water, and then I didn't know what the next two were. See, the movie knows this as well. I think the last line of the film is, so what's the deal with those three... seashells and then it cuts to credits that's because that's because the film camera just exploded (laughs) (laughs) it's like we can't keep making this (laughs) i think it was one of those you know we've got to go bigger in the sequel leave that leave them that question i would pay good money for a demolition man too and bring Sly back. You could creed it, where like it's an older, uh, what's his name, John Phoenix Spartan. John, John Spartan, Spartan against someone Phoenix. Yeah, Simon Phoenix. That was it. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid names right there. If ever I've heard them. Oh. So bring him back. Have him going, raising a new Demolition Man. Yeah. Demolition Junior. Oh, that's very good. Who plays Demolition Junior? Is it still Michael B. Jordan? Like in Creed? Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> oh, next, who plays Wesley Snipes Jr.? Wesley Snipes. <laughs> yeah. See, the thing is, I guess, what I want to know is, did you enjoy this future more or less than the one we see in Upgrades? <laughs> oh, just to remind our listeners, Angus did not like the Upgrade feature for all of its dumb future shit. See, this film has a dumb future shit, but it works because everything else is dumb. <laughs> like, I was watching Upgrade and I was like, oh, awesome action, great characters, like a lot of fun. And I was just like, this feels out of place. It didn't feel out of place in Demolition Man because true. everything was just fucking wild. So, From the fact that even their handshakes are just rubbing their hands in the air. Yeah. Did this film predict COVID-19? We've got to hope not. <laughs> because that means that in 20 years' time, there'll be a criminal so dangerous that we need to wake up Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> James, the Zoom calls. Remember those um, those uh, TV screens that everyone has in the meeting, which are at crotch height because oh, everyone's yeah. going to be sitting down. But the person who's in charge of the meeting is just power posing the whole time. So they're all just staring at his dick for the <laughs> entire meeting. Okay, I take it back. This is a phenomenal future. <laughs> So we're going to jump into a hypothetical? I or? think we should jump into a hypothetical because if we're talking about dumb future shit, mm-hmm. there's nothing dumber than one brilliant moment in this film. And come on, Angus, explain it to us. So in the film, um, uh, John Spartan is invited to dinner at Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. And he asks, like, um, girl, Sandra Bullock. Um, <laughs> oh, God, Sandra Bullock's in this film. Yeah. Oh, her name is... Uh... Lieutenant Huxley. Huxley. Yes, because right. they mentioned Brave New World, I think it's meant to be that reference. Ah, right. Because this film really has ties to literature. <laughs> um, but she mentions, like, oh, um, Taco Bell was the only restaurant to survive the franchise wars. Now every restaurant is Taco Bell. Which leads me to this week's hypothetical, which is, who would you fight for in the franchise wars? So, this is this is high stakes. Mm-hmm. It will lead to the future in which we have to wake up Sylvester Sloan. Yeah. And ultimately, we do have to lose to Taco Bell. Well, I think that's just life anyway, really. Yeah. We all lose to Taco Bell in the end. I'm going to go out swinging straight out the gate. I'm going to take KFC. Yeah. Led by a colonel. Led by a colonel, so they are prepared for war. (laughs) I imagine, I've never worked at a KFC, but I imagine the part of the employee training is like gun control and stuff like that. (laughs) Just a little contract thing that says, are you prepared for war? And then they've got the food supplies as well. Yeah. You might not run out of that too quickly. That's a good point. If the franchise wars turns to an apocalypse... We have the chicken. Oh, yeah. I think it definitely turned to an apocalypse. Yeah. It must have. <laughs> the franchise wars are not for in a pristine, gleaming city. That's a good point. They are for with blood and chicken. I imagine you could combine the 11 herbs and spices to make a pretty good nerve agent as well. Oh, no. <laughs> I, reckon you, I reckon you're going. So you're what? Fresh-faced corporal in Colonel Sanders' little KFC army. Okay, we've resurrected the colonel. Okay. Yeah, because, like, he was frozen. Was he just in cryostasis as well? Just well, in the fridge. We've, yeah. put in a, we've put his consciousness in a robot suit. So he's ah, okay. the colonel. Ah, okay. I love how we're saying we, like, we're all complicit. <laughs> I like to imagine I just showed up and you've just been leading me around. <laughs> we're all complicit in the franchise wars. Come on, I guess we've got to go fight in the wars. There's what war? We've just got to do the safeguarding training. Yeah. Know, get past that. Well, I, KFC's got the leverage as well. Do you mm. remember a couple of years ago when KFC ran out of chicken? Yeah. And everyone lost their minds. Nope. <laughs> do you not remember when KFC ran out of chicken? KFC ran out of chicken? Yeah. yeah. What? Like, what? across the country, mm-hmm. there was no chicken in any KFC. You were going in and... It was just chips, basically. Well, that's not that's just KFC running out of KFC at that point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've lost me now because that means I could run out of bullets. But yeah. they came back from that, and everyone was like, "Oh no, KFC! I've run out of chicken. The, what are we gonna do?" The franchise wars are not gonna be so forgiving as the as the world we've experienced, though, James. <laughs> they won't get the chance to come back. Ronald McDonald's on you with a 
with like a sledge on it. <laughs> he resurrected him too. Oh yeah. He was never alive. He's a mascot. At least Colonel Sanders was a god. <laughs> That that is somehow even more terrible. You get on the battlefield and it's Ronald McDonald with a sledgehammer coming for you. Why doesn't he have a gun? Did he refuse the gun? He, he doesn't like killing his targets at a range. He likes looking into their eyes as the life leaves their broken bodies. He never runs as well. Everyone yeah, else runs, but he just walks. When, when he bleeds, he just raises the, the, the wound to his mouth and just sucks from it. <laughs> and that's when he's at his most dangerous. Someone says they first arrested him and someone else like, He was never real! Where did he come from? Those people don't last long. Nine. So I think it's safe to say, you do well as KFC for a while, but then when you come across M- the McDonald's force, you are decimated by Ronald McDonald. Okay, uh, so I have, I've lost as KFC, despite mm-hmm. my leverage of being able to run out of chicken and people still support us. Yeah. I'm going to go for Budweiser. No. Yep, right. It's American beer, regardless of your um, kind of taste for it. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly like it, but this is war. Allegedly, you don't particularly like it. Yeah. Compromises have to be made. Mm-hmm. So I'm joining up with Budweiser because it's this American beverage and these franchise wars are happening in America. That means the troops have got to be drinking something in their spare time. Just put a little bit of bleach in there, send it off. Yeah, they're dying. That's a good point. And allegedly, because of Budweiser's taste, yeah. they wouldn't notice the difference. <laughs> Well, all I'm saying is, who, when they are participating in something called the Franchise Wars, is getting a delivery of Budweiser and going, oh, cracking, I'll open that up, have a little, have a little sway. Right. Yeah, you've, you've missed the point that everyone here is making solid moonshine. No, no, here's my thinking, right? Budweiser offer their aid to every single other faction. Oh, they're playing humanitarian. It's like, here, like, um, like Breaking Bad style, it's like, oh, here, a token of good faith, this, cr- this 12-pack of Bud... <laughs> We didn't get you any nice alcohol, allegedly. <laughs> we brought you a six-pack of Bud. If, if someone came to me now with a peace offering of Budweiser, I wouldn't be happy with it. It'd, so it'd be a declaration of war. Yeah, that's probably how the franchise was going Also, if, if I was in the KFC trenches, yeah. and I was looking over at the McDonald's trenches, and I saw that they had Budweiser and we had Budweiser... I'd be like, maybe let's not side with Budweiser. No, I'm playing, but but that's the whole thing. But if you're playing all the sides, we're going to find out eventually. Yeah, but, but what, either what's going to happen is you're going to die from the Budweiser, or Ronald McDonald's coming along, putting like putting a tire iron right to your kneecaps or whatever. It's not so even... you're dying. Meanwhile, I'm making flat profit and enjoying a delicious cold one. Ronald's not delicious. Even... Ronald's not even fighting for McDonald's anymore. He's just fighting. He has gone halfway around the world, just fighting in other countries. <laughs> so you mentioned the trenches a while ago, and that makes me think: what on earth is the Christmas truce equivalent going to look like? <laughs> it's him. They're singing, they're singing, they're whistling the McDonald's like do 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 across the line. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all forgetting the Taco Bell's gonna come along and wipe us all out anyway. 
But Joe, what, what's your what's your franchise? Well, I mean, you know, you've both gone for like, you know, food, drink, that sort of thing, all fairly standards. I'm going to go a bit off piste and say Uber because, mm. um, you know, we've seen the futures, a lot of um, like uh, dystopian futures, that sort of thing. You've seen Mad Max. Uber are going to be top of their game on that. Imagine your your KFC delivery is coming along, getting to the front lines with all of its foos. And suddenly just a gang of Uber drivers and like cars with like spikes on the side, flamethrowers at the front, descend on it, grab all of the chicken. It's it's gonna be KFC running out of chicken 2.0. Listen, buddy, I don't wanna piss in your delicious Budweiser, but you know the future of um demolition man, right? Mm-hmm. Do you notice anything about the cars that everyone was driving? I noticed they were kind of self-driving cars. Yeah, did you notice that driving was optional? Uh, and and actually Oh. Angus, since oh. you so helpfully brought that up, Uber are actually leading in the field of self-driving cars. Oh. Allegedly. 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 But so what? So what's your plan? Is that you're essentially winning a cold war where years down the line people are just in Uber self-driving cars, but then every once in a while one just drives someone into the sea, just <laughs> exactly. few enough times that nobody notices it. Not even no the heads of Taco Bell. Yeah, no one knows that Uber's even in the franchise war. The franchise wars in Demolition Man have not ended. Uber. <laughs> Are sitting at their desk in a shadowy corner of the world somewhere, still running the franchise wars when everyone else thinks they've been counted out. Uh, That's actually great. You've won the franchise wars when everyone thinks it's over. Yeah. <laughs> Until Ronald McDonald like emerges from the sea. Oh, <laughs> Where can I take you, sir? And he just hears his little laugh. That is not dead, which can eternal lie. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Ronald suddenly like a cosmic? <laughs> Suddenly, because I like the idea. I like the idea that it's just Ronald the clown, but he's like, you know, stoving people's heads in with a crowbar, like, like strapping like jump cables to your nipples, like torturing people. I like the idea the whole time. Like he's got this cheerful demeanor going on. <laughs> if anything, that's scarier. And on that note, I've been James. I've been Angus. I've been Joe. And this has been the Post Podcast. You can join us here every week on a Tuesday. Bye-bye.